2: Hi everyone, welcome back to How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. This week's guest is award-winning osteopath Anisha. Hello. Woo, welcome. Oh yeah, I was expecting a cheer there. What's going on? Yeah, woo! (laughs) No, do you know what? I was going to do a really long, like, introduction, but I was like, I mean, an award-winning osteopath. I mean, that's pretty insane, right? Thanks. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. You know
3: when you're a bit like, oh, I feel a bit... Bit odd about it. But yeah, I guess so. No one can take <laughs> compliments. <laughs> I know, it's really weird. We should just embrace it. But I like... know,
2: it makes you feel awkward and silly, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Yeah,
3: it is. It is a weird one. But yes, it's amazing.
2: It is. You've worked bloody hard and we're going to talk about that. But before we do, before I ask
3: you lots of questions that I have, how are you? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I think that... It's been an interesting year for all of us and um, I I would say definitely that we've had a increase in terms of osteopathically, we've had an increase in patient numbers over the last year with people being more health conscious. It's, It's just been a crazy year but things fluctuate and I think I've seen a difference in people's bodies, the kind of things that they are presenting with in clinic and just mindset. The whole mindset shift around health, I think, has changed generally this year as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think for the better.
3: Yeah, definitely. That is
2: one of the reasons I wanted to get you on. I've got here, like, we've all been working at our desks. I mean, for a long time now, back in the olden days, everything was a lot more hands-on, which which had its own, let's say, issues. Everyone was probably a lot more physically active with their jobs and roles, but bending over and doing manual work but now we're sat at desks and that comes with its own difficulties and discomforts but we're also on our phones all the time like sort of hunched over our phones walking down the road with our phone in our hands like (laughs) the only person I actually see walking down the road with his shoulders back head held high. The most perfect posture I've ever seen is my granddad. He is incredible. Like he's 80 something and he is like, Mm -hmm. he's like an ox. I don't know if that's, do you know what I mean? Like he's strong (laughs) and like his shoulders, he's amazing. And whenever I see him walking, I'm like, oh my God, get your shoulders back, Connie. Roll them shoulders back. Like I'm so worried about getting a hunch, but I feel like it feels inevitable that we're all going to be a bit hunched because of technology. I know it. It doesn't have to be the way, but it's hard.
3: Yeah, because our whole our whole lives are at our fingertips now. Yeah, and um, you know, people run their entire business from their phone, um, from screens. I mean, over the last year, we've seen that so many companies have been able to carry on functioning because of technology, because of Zoom and all of those things, which is great. Um, but also. Yeah, absolutely. I would say definitely in the last sort of 10 years that I've been working, I've seen a huge increase in the fact that you know, everyone has phones. I mean, even sort of 10-year-olds are getting mobile phones now. As a consequence of that, it's, it's really, it's just really prevalent that kids and we've become like this culture of looking down. Mm. Um, and I always say to my patients, I'm like, if you ever get on public transport, Just take a second, to, because no doubt you're looking down as well. So take a second for you to look up and look around you. And I guarantee that every single person is going to be looking down Mm. at something, you know. And yeah, we live in this culture where we're looking down all the time. And the weight of your head is like a five kg kettlebell or dumbbell. And that's quite heavy. And so what they've found is that for every gradient that you're sort of looking down at your phone it doubles sort of the weight through your neck and shoulders um and you know carrying that weight um with your neck and shoulders obviously is going to create more tension and then those muscles can get tight and that can predispose you to getting things like cervicogenic headaches um and you know it just the list goes on essentially
2: yeah god one thing links to the other and i reckon like i you might you might actually know the percentages and stats but i reckon nearly every person has issues with their back or their posture or something right
3: i think i think it's something like one in three people will yeah. experience back pain yeah. in their life and i think um, don't hold me to this by the way cuz i'm 100% guessing but I'm pretty sure as well that I read somewhere that it, back pain is like the most common reason that people take time off work. It's the wow. most common reason for absent time off work as well. So it's it's a shock.
2: You do hear yeah. it a lot. I know people have definitely have. And like, because we're working from home now as well, in a lot of offices, they've made sure over time that there's the right chairs and desks and mm. some people stand at their desks as well don't they you can stand I remember going yeah. to like the uh, Facebook head head office and they had like stand-up desks that you could like hot desks so you didn't have to sit down you could go and stand up somewhere they also had desks and treadmills under the desk really yeah so you could literally go on your laptop while you're walking <laughs> It was crazy. I don't even know if that's any good job, but probably not. Probably Um, not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now we're all working, well, loads of people are working from home and it seems to be something that's going to be long-term. A lot of companies are changing the way they're doing things. Mm. You know, what can we do at home? Like, why is it important to invest in stuff? I don't know, you might have some... um, some products that you think are really good um to make it more comfortable at home
3: I mean the reality is is that I think people don't realize how much they work um and move during work so even if you're in a meeting room and you're in a meeting for two hours so you're quite often turning and looking at someone to speak to them and now this whole zoom culture you everyone's just like this like on on a motorway driving like they're just mm. they're not moving and i think that that's been huge and so in terms of like what to do at home really yes it's good to have a good chair i definitely i've heard lots from patients in london saying that you know now going forward they're probably going to be working from home 3 4 days a week and you know that's the for the foreseeable future now so Having a chair that has armrests is always really good. Um, I'm not judging you, Connie. <laughs> I know you, maybe have a, you can see
2: her face. You have a superpower <laughs> where you can just look at me and go, "Oh, I need to realign your pelvis, your spine, your shot." Like I'm like, how
3: you can like only <laughs> see half of me?
2: How do you know
3: that I'm my ribs are twisted? <clears throat> Listen, yeah, I know your body better than your husband fiance <laughs> congratulations <Woo! laughs> um so yeah it's it's just what we do you know um but oh god, i would I'm so say conscious. i'm not i'm just gonna shave my head now <laughs> <laughs> just just like this i'm still judging you i'm just oh, ju- I'm, now i'm just judging your head
2: <laughs> oh god
3: ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I'll see you soon. We'll sort it out. Yeah. But it's a, a chair that's got a backrest that sort of comes up to sort of shoulder level, where your shoulders meet your neck is actually really good for you. And um, Quite often, lots of people have a long torso. So they always get chairs that are too short for them. Right. Um, so getting a, a long back is good. Having armrests, like I said. Uh, one thing that lots of people don't consider is actually they sort of put their laptop or their screen further away from them so that it looks nice on their desk and not weird, if you know what I mean. But actually bringing the screen and the keyboard kind of closer to you encourages you to sit at the back of your chair. Um, because otherwise mm. when you're concentrating quite often, people sort of tend to like lean in mm. and concentrate. Um, and they don't think about actually... Oh, yeah. Like my laptop actually moves. I can bring it closer to me. Yeah, no,
2: they're really good tip. And it's definitely worth investing in the right chair if you're going to be working from home three or four days a week, most of the time. Hmm. For sure. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just in general. Well, when I do have a home office, I will be making sure that you approve of my chair. can't wait we'll go we'll go chair shopping how how exciting how exciting I know um so anyway before we go any further I just just in case there's anyone listening that doesn't know what an osteopath does because it does sound like something only posh people have or see or do I'm (laughs) gonna be honest I know
3: yeah it does it does sound like one of those things that is I guess a luxury you know, um, a luxury treatment, but it really, really isn't. And I guess that's what my big vision is, is to sort of tell people that actually going to see an osteopath doesn't have to be expensive. Um, you know, osteopaths that their, their prices range from depending on the location between, you know, 35 pounds to, yeah, like obviously 200 pounds or whatever it is. Um, that's not how much I charge by the way. But just hashtag and um and yeah, so it's it, it's a huge range, and actually, people wouldn't think twice about spending that on going to see a dentist. And um, but actually, preventative care for your body is exactly the same as having preventative mm. care on your teeth. Uh, so for me, I'm a massive advocate in you know people just taking care of themselves before things get Words. Um, and in terms of answering your question about what an osteopath is, uh, we are essentially musculoskeletal experts. So, whether that's acute or chronic problems, we've got the ability and the sort of medical training to diagnose a patient and do orthopedic and neurological testing uh, and work alongside other healthcare professionals like consultants and GPs to ensure that someone gets the right level of care. And I think quite often, like I said, people go, there's a real culture of going to like the physio or the osteo when you're injured. And kind of what I'm saying is we've now started this whole new health culture as well in society of HIIT training um, and going to the gym and eating well. And all of those things are amazing. And I'm a massive advocate for it. But all I'm saying is that you need a mechanic to sort mm. of help you do it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's strenuous. And so it's
3: like, it is like having a bit of an MOT, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't need to, like I said, seeing an osteopath doesn't need to be for posh people. It's for, for all ranges of people. Mm. And you don't have to go a lot either. I think people fear that they're going to go in to see one and they're going to be like, right, I need to see you three times a week mm. for six weeks, and that's just not how I would say osteopath role. We we very much are, you know, if someone's coming in for preventative treatment, it's very much like, oh hallelujah, great, I'll see you in four months, mate. Mm. You know, that's what we want to be saying, and um, we don't like it when people come through the door crawling, and we've got to go. I need to see you next week because, you know, you can't walk.
2: Mm. <laughs> So would you say then if you if you use an osteopath and get into like the treatments as a preventative measure it's going to be more inexpensive than if you keep yeah. putting it off and you get to a point where you're basically injured it's going to cost more. Yeah. Just like Yeah. just like the dentist if you keep putting off this pain in your tooth eventually you've got to pay 5 grand for an implant. And really, yeah, you could have just starting exactly. off with the filling. Yeah,
3: exactly that
2: makes total sense. And again, it's like about educating. uh I, I know that you're passionate about this. It's about educating everyone on like the importance of looking after your skeleton and stuff because you just kind of like take it for granted in a bit like a bit like I was I was born my skeleton you expect your skeleton to just be able to keep up with everything and all the strain you're putting on it having growing a baby doing HIIT workouts every day um carrying heavy boxes pulling heavy shopping trolleys for your family of six like all these things Mm. like really it needs a bit of TLC and that's your job and when yeah, you, when you exactly think of it that way and you simplify it and make it really unposh, like I just did it makes total sense that's why I love it that's
3: how it should be viewed as well yeah as, you know it's it's just as important um as anything else because ultimately we want to keep you living your best life mm. like that's genuine like that's we want you to keep doing the hit workouts and going to feed your family of six and not have to think before you pick up your child because your back hurts yeah you know no one should be living like that
2: no yeah I agree and it makes things a lot harder and it can become actually it can have quite a detrimental impact on your mental health when you're uncomfortable all the time it can Mm. really like knock your confidence it can really demotivate you it can become exhausting because all that stress as well when it's in your neck and goes into your head and then it becomes a headache. Like all of that will eventually really get you down. And I have felt that, I have felt that.
3: Yeah, and it's a vicious cycle. And something I I think I've spoken to you about before is how, you know, anxiety, depression and and your mental health massively impacts your your body physically. And I've seen it and I've seen it for the last sort of 11, 12 years. And it's something that not many people are talking about. Um, and something I really beat the drum for is that you know when you feel upset or down you know your body does does change you start hyperventilating as well like even in your sleep you know how people grind their teeth sometimes yeah so like I'm someone who I grind my teeth sometimes and I'll wake up and not even realize and not even think I feel stressed but clearly there's something in my subconscious that is responding And yeah, so things like grinding your teeth, hyperventilating your sleep, all those things can impact the ligaments and the muscles obviously around the jaw, which then ricochets down into your upper back, which then leads to like, yeah, headaches, can lead to mid-back pain. So it's kind of, that's why I also, when I treat people, I think it's really important to ask them, you know, how stressed are you? Because it massively impacts their level of improvement. And I now more than ever am sort of combining things like mindfulness mm. with my physical treatment.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like the full package, isn't it? Because it's all well and good you treating someone, but if they're not actually dealing with the the the, the real issue of the stress, mm-hmm. what's causing them stress, maybe lack of sleep, like all these different things, again, it becomes yeah. an expensive treatment and an ongoing thing yeah it's definitely complete lifestyle like yeah it makes total makes total total sense and I think that's what makes the service you offer award-winning as well because you look at the full picture
3: yeah I mean I I think generally sort of osteopaths we've been taught to be holistic in our approach that's and we're, we're known for taking like like the whole person's lifestyle into consideration yeah um you know, whether that's, you know, their diet as well. Um, you know, so I've got like a naturopathic diploma as well as the osteopathic. So things like being able to know inflammatory foods and things like that, that create inflammation within the body, which could then aggravate their ankle pain, which, so it's yeah sort of all-related.
2: All yeah. Yeah. I, it's some of the top skincare brands that I've worked with take that approach like Murad, for example, is a brand where when you go there before your facial, you have to f- complete a wheel that asks you about your, how would you score out of 10, your diet, your sleep, stress levels, um, all these like work, all these things because mm. it can have that impact on your skin. So it's just the same yeah. same thing and it's, I, I love that. That's why I've, I love Beauty Inside Out. That's like my whole approach to life. Yeah.
3: Beauty is, yeah, it's all interlinked. And actually what I'm finding more as well is that before, I would probably say a couple of years ago, I was someone who said, do you know what? It's quite frustrating actually as an osteopath because people are more willing to spend £40 on a facial um, than they because they it makes them look good yeah. than they would £40 to see an osteopath because they can't walk or pick up their child in the morning, um, and it's about obviously like looking good versus feeling good. Yeah. And um, but I do think that that's shifted. I feel like the mindset has shifted over the last couple of years, and people are realising that actually feeling good actually makes them look good. Yeah. As well, and it's all all yes. encompassing.
2: Absolutely, it's getting that balance right. The the stuff the the beauty that's on the surface is the cherry on top for me. You know, it's about feeling good within, it's about feeling mobile, feeling fit, feeling active, feeling like you could run for the bus and like not get on the bus and be sweating and red and puffing out. (laughs) Um, It's like, it's all those things for me first, knowing that all my organs are working. And then once I've got that, then I'll think about my makeup and I'll think about my hair and, you know, or, or, or just finding the balance between the two. Um, because I do think as much as we're all getting like a lot better with health and what health means, um, it doesn't mean six pack. It means so so much more than that. We still Mm. have like a long way to go in that there's still so much focus on aesthetics and filtering and, you know, because social media is all about appearance, it's really hard to get yeah. across how you f- actually feel um, unless you pull your heart out. And I think the younger younger generation are affected by this a little bit more. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I find them the hardest to get through to because I feel yeah. like with what we do, even though it's very different what we do, we have a similar message. Um, yeah. It takes for the person on the receiving end to sort of go through loads of shit to actually finally come to us and go, oh, I wish I listened to you when I was 18. And we're there going, well, we bloody tried. We really tried and we weren't <laughs>
3: listening.
2: Do you know what yeah, I mean? I
3: know. I know. And I find myself, but you know what, it's really annoying. Like, I I find myself <clears throat> saying what my mum used to say to me when I was younger. And she always used to say to me, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, okay? And she used to say to me all the time, And now I like say it to my bloody (laughs) patients and I can hear her voice in her Indian accent. And it's actually really awkward because I almost say it in an Indian accent because I just like can't help myself. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, oh, traumatized for life. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, yeah, we can, we can only advise, right. But I feel like, that's why that's why my big thing with osteopathy is trying to make it relatable trying to make it a bit fun trying to make it a bit funny because quite often you know you do um yeah like sometimes if you if you sort of see a certain person and they're sort of very like this is a neck don't sit like this blah 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 and you know so I think it's important to make it relatable Mm, absolutely yeah I think you did that really well like
2: obviously you treat me monthly every other month Um, Mm. and I mean, I've always felt relaxed, not intimidated. Um, You make me understand exactly what's going on, like simplify everything. Um, I mean, Ricky, my partner. For anyone who doesn't know, but it, um, <laughs> Anisha tried to treat him a few times, but he was too scared. <laughs> and he's like this big, like bloke, six foot. And um, he heard my neck. You cracked my neck, and he was like, "Oh my god!" No, nah, no, nah, I'm not doing yeah. that. You got. We got there in the end, but I guess, I guess it's the unknown, isn't it, for some people? So hopefully, they can listen to this. They can re- hear about what the osteopor- I can't say it. Osteopathy, osteopathy, oste... Osteopathy. Osteopathy. That's what you told me off before for <laughs> saying it wrong. Um, it is and actually that it's nothing to fear or nothing to like feel um, overwhelmed by. It's, it's, you make it so simple. You come round, you click me in a few places, sort me out and then you're gone. So um, yeah, I, I really hope that, that that's come across.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out
0: The Weekly Roast. Listen. Listen Oh, uh, make, make an entrance I'm a week off sugar bad, <laughs> I,
1: will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK And I will
3: cut you both <laughs> For the more cultured ones among you Join Laura Wright for music in my life uh, yeah. yeah let's go
0: <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad let's no go. one can see me right now Because I am doing. I was doing some weird <laughs> dance
2: moves yeah, nothing,
3: no, yeah. <laughs> Well maybe it's just a good goth you're after
1: Georgie Porter and Sharon Carpenter Are your go-to girls on Loose Lips
0: so, has got mine- though. So it's got girth. Yeah, mine, mine-, <laughs> mine is quite spindly and, and plastic. This is, like, this long. Is- Just
3: three more podcasts to feast your
1: ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast.
2: I've got a few more questions I want to ask you. Um, in regards to that, but I also want to ask you about your business and you as a businesswoman. What made you go into this line of work, firstly?
3: I really just wanted to help people um, and actually see the reward um, as well. So, you know, I, I've always liked science, it's always been something I've been naturally, like, I guess, taken a shine to. And then I looked at dentistry, I looked at medicine, and decided that actually. You know, you really get to build a rapport with your patient and visually see them get better. Um, And it's so incredibly rewarding Mm. to be able to do that. Um, So that's kind of why I went into it. My sister's also an osteopath. She's seven years older than me. Um, And she's got a clinic um, as well. In fact, we've just merged our clinic. So we... We've got three clinics, one in Surrey, one in Hertfordshire, and one in London called Osteo Allies. And we're kind of all under the same umbrella. Um, and yeah, it's, it's exciting.
2: Yeah, I wanted to say congratulations. Thanks. It looks amazing. I can't wait to see. It. I'm coming next week, aren't I? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's very happy for you. I know how hard you work. You are such a grafter, it's unreal. And I saw on your Instagram page where it, it was the picture of you with your sister and your mum and dad outside the corner shop. Yeah. Uh, and so you're, you said, you said um, what, how it started and, and how it's going. Tell me yeah. more about your background, your heritage, what your mum and dad's, the values that they've taught you. Like, you know, that, that graft and that grit and that determination comes from somewhere. So tell, tell me more about you as a businesswoman.
3: So my parents came over from East Africa uh, to the UK. Um, my mum when she was 21, my dad when he was 16, um, and they met in this country, got married around 23, uh, 24 years old. Mum had a baby quite quick, which was kind of quite culturally expected, I guess, and um, and then they my dad was very much like I would like my own business and he uh bought a corner shop don't want to stereotype but yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> so yeah <laughs> he uh, got a corner shop I'll say no more and <laughs> um, so I'm really worried am I we, allowed to laugh at that yeah, you're 100% allowed to laugh, huh? um, <laughs> So, yeah, we lived above um, a corner shop in Surrey. And um, to cut a long story short, they, yeah, we saw them waking up early every morning and doing newspaper rounds and going to bed late every night. And the only day they ever had off was Christmas Day because that was the one day that newspapers weren't delivered um wow. so we would literally be like so excited for christmas day it was like the one day a year that we'd have our mom and dad in oh, the morning wow. together yeah and then like i think education was massive for them so um they then were like they they wanted me to try and get into a private school <clears throat> so they i did some exams and i managed to get um like an assisted place within a really good school <clears throat> in Surrey. But then the government changed and they ended up having to pay full price for me to go to the same school. And it was a matter of, do we take her out because we can't afford to do this, but she's really happy. She's doing quite well and has friends or do we wow. like, make it work? So both my parents got um, two jobs each. So my my dad would be in the shop all day and then go and be a security guard all night um, and then get a few hours sleep and then start again. And my mum worked in the shop all day and then she'd go and work in Sainsbury's till like 11 o'clock at night um, just to get more income in so that I could stay within that school. Wow. Um, so it's, yeah, like that work ethic has sort of been there from Did that day make you dot. feel
2: under pressure to perform?
3: Yeah. Um, I think so. I I mean, as in, it's one of those things where, yeah, I want to do it for them as well, you know, like all of this is for them as well. And I think seeing that and seeing the struggle and seeing the, we did, you know, I saw bailiffs come to the house at a young age and, but it's kind of, it's instilled, a real work ethic within me and my sister of wanting to be successful um, and that's something that I've always wanted to share because obviously people especially with Instagram or when people come in for treatment they look at aesthetically it looks so nice and it's important to share the journey because mm. it is it is a like struggle and um a lot of people don't realize the journey mm. um, so but, yeah, and then when um, when it came to buying a, a clinic, um, I was 24 years old, and I was, like, this determined little ambitious thing. I'm still little, still praying for that. Yeah, they, they basically remortgaged, like, their shop and their house to try and help me buy an existing clinic in Hertfordshire. Um, so that's what they did, and I, I bought a, an existing practice at 24, and then I through that um and expanded into London and so but basically they've always always put me and my sister first so it's I've got I've got this dream that I want to surprise them one day and like just take them to Mauritius like all expenses paid Um, so that for me so many people are like oh my god you've made it you've made it look at it you know you've made it and I'm like no, I think internally for me, like the day I've made it is when I can say, "Guess what? Not only have I done it, but we're all going on holiday." Yeah, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, so it's it's family, isn't it? Really. Yeah, the heart of it. Yeah, gosh, like when when you're you know that I guess you were brought up with just all you knew was work. Like you've got to work, so yeah, it's so installed in you. Is there anything else that they've taught you that? you've found invaluable
3: just that they've always one thing my dad has always said to me is where there's a will there's a way Mm. um and that you know they've always found a way to make it work always Mm. um and I think throughout my life as well when I've really wanted to achieve something even if like for instance I think I might have spoken to you about for instance my weight loss journey um you know I genuinely was like thought I would never be that person that could lose three stone and but it's true where there is a will there is a way and when you truly sort of if you really want it and you really want to focus on it and it becomes part of your lifestyle then you can make those changes and I believe that anyone is capable yeah and that's something that I say to people all the time And, and an affirmation that I say to myself um every day is um I wake up and I go You're just as worthy, capable and deserving at achieving anything that you want out of this life than anyone else on this earth. And today I'm committed to proving that. And I say that every morning. Love it. (laughs) Love it.
2: So important to just have that positive inner voice and strength because, Hmm. you know, like you say, on the surface, it looks amazing. Like. I, I did a podcast today and the guy kept saying to me like oh your success so far I feel like I haven't even touched the surface and like there's days where I'm so overwhelmed I'm like oh can't even do this like what am I doing um so just having that inner voice and waking up with like positive intentions mm. is so powerful um it just yeah. sets, sets the tone for the day um but,
3: about I mean you're 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 a great example of showing how you can you know if you you set the intention you can do it I mean I've I've said to you before that like having doing what you do having a child still working out and like I mean Instagram is a full-on job and being a mum is like next level job as well and so you're like you're a huge inspiration to so many people thank you
2: (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> I don't see. Look, I feel like you at the start of the bloody episode. Oh, thanks. I feel silly, <laughs> but I feel like it's. I enjoy it, and I, 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 I want to be Connie. You know, I want to have my own identity as well as being a mum. Mm. But I also sometimes feel like, well, what other choice have I got? Like, I've got to be financially independent. I've got to support the family too. Like, we live in a world where, you know, l- life is mm. expensive. Like, even if you're not even living a luxury life, especially when you live in (sighs) London and around London, it's bloody expensive um, and it's all relative. But anyway, let's not talk about me whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, Let's not bore everyone. Um, I want to touch on your weight loss journey because we've got that in common as well. Were you three stones heavier whilst on this journey as an osteopath? Was it before? Did becoming an osteopath make you um more motivated to lose the weight what will you why did you want to lose the weight
3: I would say that I just gradually got bigger and and, and actually I relate this to osteopathy all the time and I'm talking to patients I'm like you know how you um people are always like how how did this happen to me how has my back gone? and I always relate it to kind of weight gain or weight loss and I say you know how you just carry you just like keep eating shit and then one day you wake up and you're like, Oh crap, I'm a stone heavier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't eat one burger and go, Oh, I've put on a stone. No. Um, so it's kind of like that. Everything's really gradual. And I think for me that was the same. Like I just gradually put on weight and then one day, like people were kind of hinting, you know, like I say hinting, my mum is not subtle whatsoever. I know the <laughs> you're theme. getting fed okay look at you <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> um I was just like yeah thanks but you know I ignored her and yeah and then eventually I just sort of looked at a picture one day at a friend's wedding and I was like wow like I really have lost control of it um and I felt like I didn't look very confident I didn't feel confident in myself as well and so I, that's just kind of, so I was already an osteopath. I started, so I've been qualified since 2008. And i probably say I've been on my sort of journey or for probably the last four years. Mm. So um, it was kind of just seeing a picture at a wedding that made me go, do you know what? I need to, I just want to feel better in myself. And also... You know, it's important that if you're you're a primary health care professional and you're advocating health that you're practicing what you preach mm, yeah, I agree i um
2: I also think it's like you say over four years you you mentioned that the weight gain was gradual, and then all of a sudden, like whoa, um would you say it's the same for getting healthy like for it to be sustainable and to, for it to be a lifestyle change it's got to be gradual as well
3: yeah I mean for me it took me a long time to lose that weight um and so that's something I talk about on my Instagram quite a bit is to remind people that um not everyone loses a stone in six weeks Mm. like you see on Instagram and what happens is it can really um dampen your efforts and and a lot of people what I did was I was in that cycle of well I haven't lost a stone in a in six weeks so oh screw it I'm just going to eat cake because you just compare yourself to other people and what I realized in this long weight loss journey that it took me to lose three stone um was that even half a pound is still half a pound and it does add up Mm. and even though it's annoying and you know that your body takes a week to lose half a pound when other people are losing half a stone in a Mm. week, it's still half a pound and it's, yes, it's, it's rubbish, but ultimately you will get there because it does add up. (laughs) Eventually. You're
2: going in the right direction.
3: Yeah. And a loss is still a loss.
2: Mm. And, and focusing on the fact that, okay, you might've only lost half a pound that week, but what, what have you learned? What have you accomplished? Um, Mm. you know, have you eaten well, being more active, you know, like there's so much more to getting healthy, losing weight than just losing weight, you know, like yeah. it, it's the way that you do it. It's it's all of those things. Um, and that's why I don't think weight loss is necessarily a negative thing. It can be. It's how you do it and it's your mindset when you're in that process. Mm. That's That's the important thing you know yeah. and accepting that it's going to be a long longer process accepting that, that if you want it to be sustainable and you want to stay once you've lost that weight you want to keep it that way It's it's got to be a long-term thing
3: yeah exactly and you know now it's you know I don't um, I work out because I want to because I enjoy it mm. I like starting my day like that mm. um, I don't feel like I have to um and I go out and eat and I eat cake and you know it's okay Um, and I did go through a dangerous time where I was too because obviously as you start losing weight and people start going oh my god you look amazing and you get really scared of putting the weight back on and then you sort of go oh no I can't eat that and I can't you know um but I've learned just that yeah no it's absolutely fine and actually your body will likes food and food is good for you Mm. and you know we need food and especially Mm. as women i think um we need carbs carbs are proven to regulate the female hormone cycle and it's needed to keep us healthy yeah
2: so yeah just like what we're learning today about what you do um it goes the same for for weight loss and health is knowledge is power and like, just sure. educate yourself, like on it. Do some research. That's what I done, yeah. and realised like all these silly fads that I was like doing were recommended yeah. by people that didn't have a clue, and they were all just marketing tools. And then you start becoming a little bit more aware, and you can protect yourself. Then you can protect your energy, protect yeah. your mental health at the same time. Um, I love that. We've got that in common massively as well. Um, so. A few people asked some questions on my Instagram. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple just to end our I mean that has gone so quick by the way. It's nearly been an hour. I know. Amazing. It's gone really quick. Um so wow, this is a big question. Do you think osteo can help with fertility?
3: Oh, interesting. Um I would say honestly not directly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a
3: really difficult one it's like it's it's good to obviously it's good to have your body in the best um position possible so for instance if you've got a pelvic torsion things like that it it may make it better but to be honest I don't when I hold my hands up and say I don't know the stats on that but in terms of direct fertility I'd probably say no yeah.
2: yeah for sure I just thought that was quite interesting there's a lot of questions here about like sciatica trap nerves like what's the best seeing an osteo the best first step or what would your advice
3: be on on that uh obviously um so yeah definitely I mean because what happens is um people go to their doctor and um doctors are amazing uh, but Also, their job is to get you out of pain or get you moving again or get back to work. Um, And quite often that can be um, in the form of medication because that's what they have to do. That's their job and they're great at it. Um, But really, you're kind of masking the symptom and putting a plaster over it and it's going to come back. You know, the medication is going to run out. So it's about by going to see an osteopath or Uh, physio even, or chiropractor, and I'm sure you're going to ask that question because everyone does, but um, it's about getting to the root of the problem and that's going to give you more long-term benefit for your health going forward. And Mm. osteopaths are fully trained to diagnose sciatica, but sciatica is basically, for instance, or a trap nerve is caused by so many different things so an osteopath is trained to know whether that's a disc or whether that's a muscle that's impinging that nerve and by knowing the answer to that question we can actually get to the root of it and fix it
2: Mm. my brother my eldest brother james actually is suffering with it quite bad he's really fit guy like i think another thing like Mm. with sciatica is like I don't know, with all these sort of issues, I always associate it, is it because I'm overweight all the time? Is it my weight? Is it my weight? You know, but my brother, he's such a fit guy. He works for Chelsea. He sees physios there. He's really suffering with his sciatica, and he sits on a tennis ball, Mm. um, which obviously the physios have, like, recommended him do some, I don't know, different things. Um, So, I mean, that brings me on to the next question, which you say you get asked all the time. Someone has asked, what's the difference between an osteopath, a physio, and a chiropractor.
3: Yeah, that I, I do get asked that a lot. So a physio is based, it typically does a lot of exercise rehabilitation work. So they'll give you lots of strengthening exercises or strengthening. Yeah. Uh, stretching, sorry, to do at home. Uh chiropractor believes that lots of things can come mainly from the spine. And they do a lot of manipulative t- techniques like cracking of your back. Um, and they do take x-rays if you go into their clinic. And an osteopath looks at the body kind of holistically um, and tries to incorporate bits of kind of all of it. Um, but to be honest, that's quite an old school way of defining it because there are so many physios now that do all of that and chiropractors that do all of that and osteopaths that do all of that as well. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's, it's a bit like, you know, going to see different types of hairdressers like there's always going to be and personal trainers you can do added courses you can do extra learning and so really it's about the person Mm. like you're going to get great osteopaths and rubbish ones and you're going to get great physios and rubbish ones for you Mm. you know and it's about what works for you Mm. Um, and that same osteo or physio that you see that didn't work for you will have worked for a thousand other bodies yeah um so it's okay and it's just it's a, it's a bit trial and error really
2: yeah yeah so again you could, you could go by recommendation um reviews all these yeah. things. word of mouth yeah and um,
3: reviews obviously right. how um, you might
2: you might need to just yeah. go by what everyone's You know what, most affordable, but just doing something, I guess, is is the most important thing.
3: Exactly, and that's literally what I spend my life working so hard for. Yeah, Um, is just please be mindful. That's all I ask. Is I, I don't, don't even like. It's not even about seeing me or my team or. An osteopath, even. I just I'm like, please just go and see someone mm. um who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
2: So we've heard about what you do. We've talked about your journey, your family, your values, your health your your like your health journey. It's all so inspiring. Um and hopefully it's like you know, helped whoever's listening realize why you care so much about what you do as well and why you know you might go on your Instagram and see this this clinic in London a lot of people can assume like oh I bet that her dad's paid for that or I bet you know she's got rich Mm. parents like that happens a lot a lot of assumptions so listening to this um, and just hearing how hard you've worked and, and and how hard your family have worked to encourage you as well like to to Mm. start you off in a way um but one question i like to end each episode with is is what piece of advice would you give your younger self so looking back on your journey so far what piece of advice would you give anisha well
3: that's a good one i'm trying i'm like god it's hard because you picture your younger self and now i'm like don't cry i know i (laughs) know. know. Um, (laughs) emotional It's well emotion. Um, <laughs> I would say that to not rush, um, and to to know that progress is better than perfection, and to also not compare your chapter one to other people's chapter 20. Amazing, that's kind of what I would tell myself is that you like that you, you'll be okay, that you're gonna get there, yeah, it's okay,
2: yeah. And just so you know, people will be looking at you going, Oh my god, how do I get to where she's at, you know so it's just focusing on our own paths and you know don't waste energy and time looking at everyone else
3: yeah exactly that someone said to me yesterday actually they were like you know just focus on your own road there's going to be loads of other stuff happening around you and and people saying things and all of that around you but just focus on your one path so that you get there quicker rather than getting distracted looking to your left and to your right yeah and I just, I just was like, wow, yeah, like, it just really resonated with me.
2: For sure. Block out the noise, you know?
3: Yes.
2: Thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. I can't wait to see you next week. I can't wait to jump on you next week. Slight <laughs> <Swat out laughs> my dodgy pelvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. I've loved speaking to you and just knowing more about, um, you know, who Anisha is.
3: It's been great. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to sort of spread the... Uh, osteopathic word
2: yeah absolutely it's so important thank you so much speak soon thanks bye. bye bye
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer